You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. We are going to start a mini-series today, and this series is called Ecclesia. Not Iglesia, but it's the same. All right, so how many of you have ever heard the word Ecclesia? Right, it's a Greek word for the church. Uh, it could also, uh, uh, the, the kind of literal translation in the Greek would be the assembly. So we see this kind of used in, in Greek kind of governmental understanding of, of, of kind of their parliament. If we understand how Western civilization and how the court systems and how government was kind of formed, the, the Greeks had, had a huge part to play in a lot of that. And so this ecclesia, this assembly, was this understanding of a gathering of people, right? And so we see this, this, this word used in scripture, and it's first used um, I, I, uh, that, that pings or should ping the theologian uh, and should ping us as, as believers is Jesus using this word church, right? Which is translated in the Greek, the original language of ecclesia. Are you guys with me? And it starts here. I'm going to read this, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to um, get into it. Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 through 20, it says this. He said to them, and this is Jesus speaking to the disciples, but who do you yourselves say that I am? And if you know anything about this passage, uh, people are, are confused about who Jesus was. Jesus the son of God, Emmanuel, on earth, was performing miracles, was teaching in power and authority. I mean, there, there was, you got to believe the, the ruckus that was surrounding uh, uh, the, the region that Jesus was ministering at the time. There was an uproar. Is he the Messiah, the anointed one? Is he the Christ? Or is he reincarnated Elijah or Moses, right? They were so confused about who Jesus was. And so um, there's all these... Um, what do you call them? Conspiracies. I mean, there's tons of conspiracies in our world today as well. Um, but these conspiracies around Jesus. And so the, the disciples were talking to Jesus about that. And Jesus asked them this simple question. But who do you say that I am? It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the conspiracies are. Who do you say that I am? Right? And then Simon Peter answered. This is one time when Peter got it right. Peter was normally the guy who raised his hand. He was like, ooh, 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 ooh. And he would always normally be wrong. Um, But this time he was right. He says this, you are the Christ. That Christ word would be uh, the Greek. The, the, The Hebrew word would be the Messiah, the same word, the anointed one. Right, Messiah is, is 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 what was prophesied. The Messiah would come. Right, the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Verse seventeen. And Jesus said to him, "Blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah." This is the time that he didn't have to call him a devil and rebuke him. Right, blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah, or, or some of your translation would say, "Son of um, Jonah," because flesh and blood did not reveal. Can you say reveal? Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So this was a revelation from heaven that came to Peter that Jesus is the Christ. And this is what he says in verse 18. And I also say to you, so God has spoken to you. My Father has spoken to you and revealed to you that I am the Christ. But now I am saying to you, 
that you are Peter. And so this was, he was Simon up to this point. If you know anything, we've, you've probably heard me say this, but I just want to bring you up to speed again. That name Simon comes from the word reed. If you ever played the saxophone or something, that, a reed is like a bamboo shoot. And a reed is like this thing that blows in the wind. If you've ever seen The Little Mermaid and the whole song and dance, you see the, the reeds blowing in the wind and making noises. This was Simon. He was unstable in all of his ways. When the wind blew, Simon blew with it. And so Jesus was saying at this point, because, listen friends, of the revelation that you have, you are no longer Simon who blows with the wind. You are no longer someone who is unstable. You have a revelation from God, and now I am declaring over your life, you are no longer unstable. You are Peter, that word being translated in the Greek as well, Petros. The rock. He changed his name from being something that was unstable to being something that was the most firm thing uh, uh, known to man, which is obviously stone. And so um, I also say that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build this and friends my church. It's the first time we see Jesus speak of the church. It's the first time this word, ecclesia, is used in, in, in the New Testament. Ecclesia, I will build my church. And listen to this. This is the church that Jesus is building. And the gates of Hades, some of your translations will say hell. The gates of hell will not overpower it. The church that Jesus is building, the gates of hell cannot contend with. I will give you this, and friends, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I am giving you access to heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Listen, then he gave the disciples strict orders that they were to not tell no one that he was a Christ. Obviously, because he had an earthly mission to still continue um, before he was revealed to the world. Um, Let's pray for a moment. Jesus, we come before you this morning, and we are so thankful for your living word. We are so thankful that we get to dive into this holy scripture and allow your words to reveal, to unveil, to uncover things in the heavens that will penetrate our hearts, our minds, our being, so that we can become that which you are create or that which you are building. Your church. Your church. Lord, I ask that your spirit will teach us. I ask that your spirit will begin to unlock things in in our minds that help us not only to understand, but to embody that which you are speaking over us this morning. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen. The first thing we need to recognize with this revelation passage, which which is commonly we focus on the revelation, and we should because it is an important piece of this passage. My Father in heaven has revealed this to you. Revelation is crucial for the church. If we do not have revelation, or if things haven't become unveiled to us, how is it that we become to? How is it that we come to believe in things that we do not know about or have not been shown to us? Right. This is what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to show us God the Father. 
He embodied the Father in heaven so that we can see God on earth, Emmanuel. He was the perfect image of God here on the earth. So Jesus revealed God to us. But in this revelation to Peter, Jesus is telling Peter that my Father in heaven has revealed this to you, the fact that I am the Messiah. And this is all important to the ecclesia, so just begin to, don't, don't lose track of that. So my father in heaven has revealed this to you. So there's revelation from heaven. Something has been unveiled so Peter could see into this. And so Jesus says this, Jesus, um, Jesus is the anointed one, the chosen one, the son of the living God. This revelation that comes, that word revelation um, and translated in the Greek is apocalypsin. And so that's where we get the word apocalypse from, right? And so it, when, when you, you, some of these words will sound very close to Spanish. They, they, they seem like they have Latin roots, but they really have Greek roots. But this word apocalypse, means to uncover, to bring to light, to reveal, right? It's to take off a covering. So what happens is when we have revelation, something is unveiled from our eyes and we're able to see clearly. Peter was able to see clearly by what God the Father had revealed to him that Jesus was the Messiah. The rest of the world around him wasn't able, around the disciples, wasn't able to do that. They were confused. Was he a prophet, right? Was he a healer? Was he Elijah? Was he Moses? All of these, they weren't able to come to the conclusion of who he truly was because that comes from revelation. That revelation that God revealed to Peter allowed him to see that Christ was the Messiah. And friends, this is foundational for the ecclesia. In order to be the church, we have to have a revelation of who Jesus is. A lot of times the misinterpretation of this passage is that Peter is the rock or the foundation of the church. And he is not the foundation of the church. Jesus is the foundation of the church. It was the revelation that Peter had that Jesus was the Messiah that makes it foundational for us as a church. Are you with me? Right. And so listen, John, um, John 15, verse 15 says this. It says, no longer do I call you slaves, for a slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends because all things that, have, um, that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. So Jesus came to reveal that which God only knew. And Jesus came to make it known to us for veils could be torn from our, or taken from our eyes that we can now have access to clear heavenly vision of what God was doing here on the earth. Are you with me? So this revelation is what Peter had. And this revelation was given to him because of him being intimate with Jesus. Are you with me? Are you with me? So listen to this. This word here, when Jesus says, because all things I have heard from my father, I have made known. Can you say known? This is going to be a cool word for you, especially if you speak Spanish. This word known here uh, uh, comes from, uh, it's a Greek word as well, but it's, it's, it's kenosis. It's like when you get, when someone says, no te conozco, I, I don't know you. It's the same kind of word, this knowing. But listen, friends, it's intimate. I have made these things known to you because we are friends, because there's an intimate connection between you and I. 
There's this revelation that we have. There's foundational revelation of who we are as a church because God has revealed it to us. And listen to this, friends. And because we know Christ. There's an intimacy with who Christ is, right? And that word here is to make known or to declare, know, discover. It comes from the derivative of genosco, to make known or to know. Jesus says this, I am going to build my church. And I think for millennia, we have got that confused as the church. We even use it in our language that we are building the church or we are growing the church or all these kind of things. Friends, Jesus is building the church because it's his church. It is not our church. If we were building the church, we build the church according to our desires, according to our leanings, according to our wants. And this is how we build. If you go back to the Genesis story of unity, when they are building the Tower of Babel, right? It eventually becomes an idol unto ourselves. And so if we were building the church, man, it is gonna, it's gonna, we're going to be in serious trouble. Never do we see that we are the builders. Jesus is the builder of the church because it's his church. And if we know that he is building the church, this can bring a ton of confidence in us and what he is establishing with the local church, with his ecclesia. But I love this because when Jesus says, I will build my church, this reminds us that Jesus is a builder. Jesus has always been a builder. How many of you know that? Jesus, the son of the creator who was creator. We read that in John 1, 3. Everything that was created for him was created through him. He has always been a builder. We see when he came to earth, he was the son of a carpenter who was a carpenter. We see that in Mark chapter 6, verse 3. We see in the Old Testament, this, this kind of uh, um, messianic foretelling that we see through the life of David. In, in 1 Chronicles 17, 12, he says this, he is the one who will build a house for me and I will establish his throne forever. Jesus is building the house. Jesus is building the church. Sorry, I lost my place. So if Jesus is building the church, we need to uh, uh, recognize that he is not only building this kind of construct that can seem like it's an organization or an entity, friends. How many of us know that we are the church? And if we are the church, then we have to draw this, this line that crosses into this intimate connection with who he is. Because we, it can be this, this, this abstract construct that he is building the church, and it's separate from who we are. But if we are the church, then it's not separate from who we are. We can draw all the conclusions about what's being said here is that he is building us, that he is building us up. So look at your neighbor and say, God is building you. If he is not building you, the question is, are you allowing him to build you? He is building his church. And if we are the church, there's ties that we have to draw. And I want to just draw a few things that we see in scripture from this. Jesus says this, um, as he is talking to his disciples about going to heaven. And if I go and prepare a place for you, 
right? I am going to prepare a place for you. So not only has Jesus built, he is building, he will build. I am coming again and will take you to myself so that where I am, you will also be. This building up is so that we can be one with Christ. This, this thing of the ecclesia, the church, the body of Christ. We have to know this is why Jesus uses the language that he uses for us to connect how interconnected we are to be with him. If we are the body of Christ, then we are not separate from him. There is no disconnection from the two. And somehow when we think about the church, we always see ourselves as separate. We, 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 we even use it in our common language. And, and, and I mess up too, so don't think that you're wrong for using this. But we say things like, I am going to church. We, we don't go to church. We are the church. And so where we are, Jesus is, there's this interconnectedness. We, we, sometimes we could, we could talk about the church like, like if it's a different thing. When it's who we are and, and what we are. Right? And it, or we can even think about this as a local church. We'll talk about another church like if it's something else or something different. It's one body that we are all a part of and we cannot separate ourselves from. The theology of understanding this, I think, is laid in the foundations, friends, of our connection with Jesus, of who he is. He is building his church. He is building us. And my connection with him helps me understand this whole thing more. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22 says this, So then, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, Listen to this, friends, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are God's household. Ecclesia. You are God's household. Having been built on the foundation, listen to this, friends, having been built on the foundations of the apostles. And what, were the, what was the foundational thing for the apostles? They knew Christ, that genosco. That was a foundation, knowing Christ and the prophets. What was the prophets' foundation? Apocalypse, revelation. The foundation of the church is knowing Christ and revelation from God. These are foundational things for us if we are going to be the church that Jesus is building. Are you with me? Christ himself being, listen, friends, the cornerstone. Christ is the cornerstone. If you know anything about building, how many of you have ever laid tile? Anybody ever tried to lay tile? If you've ever tried to lay tile, it's very important the first piece you lay because everything now is based on that thing. If that thing is off, everything else is going to be off. And so let's just say you, you, you start you know, laying tile, you start with that corner piece, that everything that goes that way is based on that piece, everything that goes that way is based on that. It is the foundational piece. This is who Jesus is. He is the cornerstone. He is the foundational piece. Everything starts with him. If that is off, if Jesus is not the cornerstone, the firm foundation, everything else is going to be off. When we, if we've ever seen, listen, friends, I'm not, I'm not, this, this, this could happen to anyone in any local church. If you've ever seen a local church buckle or collapse, it is because Jesus, I believe, was not in his rightful place. 
We're not talking about the church uh, uh, universal because the church universal, we just read earlier that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. But when we see the, 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 a, a local church buckle, or let's just say this, if we've ever seen an individual life that is part of the church, that is part of the body, go sideways or get derailed, it is because Jesus was not that cornerstone, was not the, 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 the plumb line for that life. The church that Jesus is building, he is the cornerstone. There's no other cornerstone. It, 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 it's not theology. It, it, it is Jesus. It is Jesus. He is perfect theology. He is all we need to begin to build upon, which is um, himself. Jesus himself being the cornerstone and whom, listen to this, the whole building, say whole building. The whole building, listen friends, fitting together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. Now this is getting a little bit more complicated theologically. And if you're not wrestling with this, then you're not listening because I was wrestling with it all too. I think for many of us, we take our part or we view our part in the church as very limited and very isolated. This is why our encouragement, even for those who are, who are only watching online now, unless they have medical issues and things like that, this is, this is why we're encouraging the church to be back with the church, the assembly, the ecclesia, those who come together. Because in isolation, friends, I am not the church. We are the church. We are the church. And I think far, far, far too long, we, ha we have placed ourselves at such a high value within the church. The theology of me and Jesus died on the cross for me and me alone and Jesus, what we want to do for me and my life. And listen, as true as it is that Jesus died for you, the truth is not that he only died for you. He died for all mankind. He is not only building you up, he is building us up because he is building his church and you alone are not the church. We together are the church. And so when we read this, is grow, we are all being fit together and we are growing into a holy temple in the Lord. This cannot happen in isolation. This cannot happen separate from the body of Christ. This cannot happen if we are not connected to his body. Listen, friends, that is connected to the head. When we think about this, the greatest commandments to love God and to love others cannot happen in isolation. Our theology has to expand beyond self and begin to think him first, right? And then think us. And then knowing that in all of that, God cares for me. God loves me. My identity is secure in him. We're being fit together, going into a holy temple. Listen, in whom you also. So now he is saying we are all being fit together, but then he is reminding us, the apostle Paul to the church in Ephesians, he's reminding us, but he is also, you are being um, um, built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. This happens together. The, um, the value that we had that we... Um, um, that we are better together and, and, and understanding that uh, alone is not the way God works. God always does things for us. 
And yes, there is a you, and yes, there is a me, but I'm telling you that is not more important than the us. We are being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. So we see these beautiful things. We see the revelation of Jesus, right, that comes from God the Father. We see knowing of Jesus that comes from intimacy with the Father. These are foundational for for the church. You have to have revelation that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. This is foundational for us as a church. Two, as you have to know Jesus. There has to be intimacy with Jesus if you are going to be a part of the church that Jesus is building. If you do not have intimacy with Jesus, you are going to struggle to be a part of the church that Jesus is building. And I think a lot of times we, we, we think that my intimacy with Jesus is to benefit my life. Or the revelation that comes from God is to benefit my life. But the truth of the matter is that Jesus is building a church. There's only one thing that Jesus is building on this planet. It's his church. And if Jesus is building his church, we have to understand that as the ecclesia, we have to be a part of that thing. And it is not isolated and alone. And it can't happen separate from what God is doing. Are you with me? I hope you are. Revelation and to know Jesus, they're foundational. The, the church cannot be built without these foundations. How many of you have ever done a construction project from the ground up? It always starts from the ground up, right? It starts with the foundations. You cannot build on top, on top of something that its foundations have not been laid. We see this in the parable of, of the building of the house. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand, Right? Foundations. Jesus is that foundation. You cannot be built without these foundations of revelation and knowing Jesus. It's only when these foundations, friends, are intact that we see growth. When these foundations are intact, we see growth. What does growth look like? Foundations are laid, growth begins to be built upward, right? It's only when these foundations are laid that we see Jesus can now begin to build. If you do not have a revelation that Jesus Christ is Messiah and you do not know Jesus intimately, you cannot be matured or be built up. This is why this is foundational for us as the church. If we see people within the body of Christ who are struggling to be built together with us, I really believe there's a lack of these two foundations, that Jesus is the Messiah and that they know him intimately. Because when you have revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, revelation from God, and you have this knowing intimately of who Jesus is, that you understand what he is building, uh, building, building, and there is this desire to be built up with his body. Are you with me? This is why it's important. And so when we think about the church, we can think about our togetherness and how we connect with each other, and we'll get to that in the next couple of weeks, but we cannot connect this way until this is right. Until foundations are firm, we cannot begin to be built up as we read in Ephesians. So we are being fit together. We are being built together as a dwelling house for the spirit of God. Only when these foundations are intact do we see the church able to come together. Jesus is what holds us together. Just think about it. Just think about the eclecticness of this room. How on this earth 
would this group of people ever come together if it wasn't for Jesus? How would we ever come together from the places that we come, the places that we drive, from the cultures and the backgrounds? And how would we ever come together if it wasn't for Jesus? Jesus is what holds this thing together. No Jesus, no church. Listen, friends, no Jesus, no foundation, no ecclesia. There is nothing to be built upon if there is no Jesus. If we look back in that, in that um, verse at 21 of Ephesians chapter 2, in whom the whole building being fit together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. It is Jesus Christ that holds us together. So we are being fit together. We are being built together. We're reading Colossians chapter 2 verse 7. Um, having been firmly rooted. Can you say rooted? We have been firmly rooted. What are we rooted in? The foundation of Jesus. Having been firmly rooted, now being, listen friends, built up in him. We're being built up in Jesus. And I can tell you, uh, being part of the church world for most of my life, that we can be built up into other things other than Jesus. If you've been a part of a local church or even been part of a denomination, there are things sometimes within local churches or even denominations that put itself, knowingly or not, above who Jesus is. And so what happens is how we're being rooted is we're being rooted into the local church and we're not actually being rooted in him. Or we can be rooted into our denominational leanings or, or the flavor of church that we were brought up in and we're not actually being rooted in him. And then when you begin to ask yourself questions about the why and God begins to reveal himself to you, honestly, what has to happen and what normally does when we allow it to happen is those old foundations, those improper, unfirm foundations need to be jackhammered up and allow that foundation of Jesus to be laid again. And I'm telling you, friends, if you're foundation is unstable in this season, I want to ask you, I want to ask you to search, seek the Lord's face and ask, Jesus, are you the foundation in which my life is being built upon right now? Because Jesus is a firm foundation. Jesus is steady. He is is the most concrete thing that there is for us to build on. And if our faith and our connection with the church and our connection with him is doing all of this and it's shaky ground underneath us, I'm telling you, friends, we're going to have to be honest with ourselves. Is there something that needs to be broken up underneath us so that a firm foundation can be established? And I'm going to be honest with you. This has happened multiple times in my walk with Jesus. I've had to evaluate my life. I've had to evaluate my, 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 my spiritual upbringing and say, Lord, I've allowed things to become foundations in my life that are not you. They're not you. They're, they're, they're local church things or they're, they're, they're theological things that have set themselves precedence over you. You are the foundation that I want to build my life upon. Being built up in him and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. 
1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 says this, you also, you also as living stones are being built up. Can you say built up? You're being built up as, as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. You, if we are a part of the ecclesia that Jesus is building, then we are being built up to be this spiritual house, the spiritual house of, of, of the priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Do you feel like you're being built up in this season? Because the only way for you to be built up is for these foundations to be settled. And if they aren't settled, I, I really believe I want to give you an opportunity for the Lord to settle those things today. I want to I end with this passage of Scripture. I know today's probably a little shorter than usual. Good for you. I, I, I want to wash you with this as I read it over here. This, there's not going to be any conclusion today because we got a couple weeks to get through this. There's no conclusions today. I'm trying to lay some theological foundations for us about what it is to be the church and how we connect as the church. But our first and primary connection is to him. And if that is not right, everything else we cannot build upon. I, I can, we can go into next week and begin to talk about the structure of the church and, and we see how, how the apostles and the prophets lay the foundations and then Jesus in his ultimate wisdom gave uh, um, elders and deacons to the church so that they would serve, love, and, and continue to help build on top of the foundations that have already been set, not apart from the foundations. But we can't get there until this is right. Are you with me? And I believe the apostle Paul Scribe something beautifully to the uh, in Colossians, and it'd be chapter one, verses thirteen. I'm going to read, and if you want to close your eyes, just close your eyes, and I'll read it over you. Listen to this, friends. It takes us on this kind of sixteen verse journey. <laughs> For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. This is where, this is where it started with what Jesus had done. He is the image of the invisible God, the first of all creation, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. This is Jesus. This is Jesus revealed to God's people. This is who he is. Do you have that revelation? Do you have that? Are you carrying this revelation? This is foundational. You need this foundation in order for Christ to build you up. This is foundational. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Friends, this is foundational. Everything is held together by him. He is also the head of the body. The church, he is the head of this thing, which means he is the head of you. He is the head of your life. You are connected to him. And if he is the head, he is in control. He sends the signals. He sends the impulses. He is the one that we draw all of our sources from. He is also the head of the body of the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. So listen to this, so that he himself will come will come to have first place in everything. If we are going to be the church that Jesus is building, 
then he has to have first place in everything. Everything, church. Everything. For it was a father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And although you were previously alienated and hostile in attitude, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you. Listen, friends, he has reconciled you in his body of flesh through death in order to present you before him, holy and blameless and beyond reproach. This is his church. This is his church. This is what we have been invited into. This is what this ecclesia looks like. We are connected to him and we are presented to him holy and blameless by what happened on the cross. Are we walking in the fullness of that? Yet he has now reconciled you in a body of flesh through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh I am supplementing what is lacking in Christ's affliction in behalf of his body, which is the church. I was made a minister of his church according to the commission from God granted to me for your benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but now has been revealed to his saints to whom God willed to make known what the wealth of the glory of his mysteries among the Gentiles is the mystery that is Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is where our hope comes from. Christ in us, we proclaim him. We admonish every person and teaching every person with all wisdom so that we may present every person complete in Christ. For this purpose, I also labor striving according to his power, which works mightily within me. Friends, this is what the church is about. The apostle Paul says this. I am admonishing every person and teaching every person with all wisdom so that we may present every person complete in Christ. This is what being built up as a church looks like. This is why we connect with the church because we are being built up in him to be connected to him. It is so foundational. And if we've missed that spot, we have to allow ourselves to go back and relay those foundations the foundation that Jesus Christ is Lord, the foundation that Christ wants to make himself known to you so that you can know him before we can be built up, before we can reach maturity, before we can do all the amazing things that we want to do for him. This comes first. This is how we become the church that he is building. Amen. If you guys wouldn't mind standing with me this morning. If you're willing to just close your eyes for a second.
You are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Jesus is the head of this body. And what's amazing about that, he is also the foundation of this body. So from top to bottom, we are sandwiched by Jesus. This is what it is to be in Christ. If you are feeling detached from the body, I'm going, I'm going to say this, trusting that the Spirit of God will reveal something to your life. If you are feeling detached from the body, may I say this, maybe it's because you're detached from the head. We are humans, and we are parts of the body, and we will always have issues. But Jesus, the head of this body, will always cause this body to be reconciled to himself. And if we are going to be the church that Jesus is building, then we need to be connected and rooted in him like never before. The world and, and, and the Antichrist spirit that is alive and well today is doing everything that it can to shake our foundations of Jesus. It's happening in our schools. It's happening in literature. It's happening on social media. It's being presented to us every day. We are this entity that is to be connected to him like never before, which means you need to be connected to him, rooted in him, built upon him like never before. If I would ask who needs to be more rooted in Jesus, we would all raise our hands. But let me just ask you to ask this of yourself. Am I standing on the proper foundations? Do I have a local church theology or do I have a Jesus theology? Do I have a denominational theology or do I have a Jesus theology? Am I rooted on a revelation, an intimate knowing of who he is? Or am I borrowing someone else's revelation that was given to me so, so long ago? This is how Jesus builds. This is what Jesus builds upon. The rock of revelation. The rock of intimacy of knowing him. This is my prayer for us, church. That our foundations of revelation and knowing of Jesus will be so strong that we become this church that the gates of hell cannot prevail over. We see the church shaken by so many things. So many things. The church Jesus is building cannot be shaken. Jesus, I pray for your sons and or for, for your followers. Heavenly Father, I pray for your sons and daughters. You have revealed Jesus to us in such a powerful way. And I pray as we are endeavoring to be the church that you are building, that we understand that you are the foundation of it all. You are the thing that holds us together. And I pray that if we are standing or rooted on anything other than you, God, that you will reveal it to us in our hearts and that we will be bold enough to step back and allow you to break up these old foundations, these improper foundations. If there's been anything else laid as the cornerstone of our lives, 
that we allow that thing to be, to be demolitioned so that you can be put in your proper place. Jesus, our trust is in you. Our hope is in you. You are the cornerstone, you alone. We want our lives to be built upon you. We want this local church to be upon you, built upon you. And Lord, greater than that, we want this church, this body that we are part of to be built upon you and whatever we can do to continue to promote this kingdom living. God, we will. You're the foundation of it all. May it be so for us. May it be so for me. And if it is not, Lord, I pray for repentance to come. Repentance to come. Friends, let me just remind you, repentance is one of those things that breaks up old foundations. Let it come. Have your way through your ecclesia. This royal priesthood, this royal gathering, this holy people that you have set apart for your work. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, we can give Jesus praise. Just a caveat. My heart behind this bit of a mini-series is this, friends. I really think that with this pandemic and all that has gone down with breaking up the gathering of believers that is appropriate for us to reestablish what it is to be the church. Why it's important that we gather together in person, physically as the church. What that means to us as a people. But I'm telling you, friends, this is not just about getting people back to church and those who are at home and all. It's not just about, it's, this is about being that which Jesus is building. And we cannot be what he is building on our own. It is going to be together that we see this happen. And so as much as I want everyone who is at home to be in this room, more than that, that those who are in this room to be built up for that, to be that a part of what he is building. This is what is foundational for us. There are people who have left all local churches, not just ours, who are not going to come back. They're not. And as, as heartbreaking as that is, we're going to have to continue on with what Jesus is building. And so we have to get, 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 get a grip of that and say, you know what, Lord, if it's us four and no more, then we're going to go for it. And there's not four of us, but you get what I'm saying. This is the heart of that. And we want to be a part of what Jesus is doing. Clearly, God has allowed things to happen that have shook in the church, but the foundations of Jesus have not been broken up. All these man-built things and structures and processes and programs, oh, they've shaken and they've collapsed. And what we're left with is Jesus. Now let's, Jesus, let's, now let's let Jesus build what he wants to build with us and through us. Amen? Amen. Hey, have a great week. We love you guys. Um, elders and deacons and those invited to our meeting today, we'll see you guys in a little while. Um, other than that, we love you guys. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.